0: TheWellnessCouch.com. Streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. Real news, real health, real quick. Hi, I'm Brett Hill. And This Week in Wellness, the British Medical Journal has reported that peppermint oil may ease people's pain, reduce the need for drugs, and enhance their sleep after open heart surgery. The small comparative clinical trial showed that inhaled peppermint oil may help ease the breathing, relax, and mildly sedate the patient. 64 adults were randomly assigned to either a treatment with 0.1 of a milliliter of 10% essential peppermint oil or... 10 milliliters of distilled water administered 30 minutes before their breathing tube was removed and then three times daily via nebulizer until the second night after the procedure. So seven doses all up. They used the numeric pain rating scale and the St. Mary's Hospital Sleep Questionnaire to then assess the changes in pain severity and sleep quality amongst both cohorts. The researchers concluded that inhalation of peppermint essential oil can reduce the pain intensity of patients after open heart surgery and consequently reduce the use of pain relievers by the patients. They also said that the use of this herbal product can improve the sleep quality of patients in the first nights after surgery and bring them more comfort. They said, considering the effect of peppermint oil inhalation on pain and sleep quality, it can be concluded that this herbal product can be safely used as a complementary treatment in relieving pain and making patients comfortable after heart surgery. As always, the links are in the show notes. And my opinion is that, first of all, this is just a great study. So, you know, hats off to those who chose to conduct it and the British Medical Journal for publishing it, because I think it's wonderful to see natural therapies getting investigated in this way. You know, here we've got therapies that have been used for eons of time, you know, for these sort of things, you know, for easing breathing, for for relieving breathing. And to be able to do that in these sort of acute scenarios and still get such great effects is, I think, wonderful. You know, we've, we've spoken on this show previously about Japan and how they love to use essential oils in their hospitals. And maybe it's the case that we're going to start to see this more and more. You know, I think we've got these wonderful alternative therapies that are very, very low risk, you know, and do seemingly have some great benefits that we do need to study more and so it's wonderful to see this research starting to be done. I mean obviously you know we're mindful that it is only 64 people it's a very small study and so more research needs to be done in order to sort of prove these effects over a larger cohort but you know, once again if they can be proven then the ability to use what is pretty cheap intervention a pretty readily available intervention something that is very low risk and potentially can have really significant benefits you know whilst at the same time reducing the utilization of other medications that may well have their own side effects as well. I think it's just a great thing. You know, we can really get great bang for our buck and great health outcomes as a result of using some of these alternative therapies. And it is interesting that all of a sudden this quote-unquote alternative therapy becomes a complementary therapy and all of a sudden it's adopted and considered okay once research like this comes out and the reality is that it's always been okay you know it's just that now we've got the research to prove it and so whilst people may have been criticized in previous times you know even recently for suggesting that peppermint oil may be beneficial for people in terms of their breathing in terms of pain relief in terms of these sort of things they would have been poo-pooed for saying that you know they would have been criticized for saying that saying they're being unscientific saying the evidence isn't there but But the reality is that what we had, even before this sort of study started coming out, what we had was great anecdotal evidence that these things were effective and great evidence that they were really safe. And so I think we need to be careful when we're criticizing some of our natural therapies. You know, we know that they don't necessarily have the same amount of research and we know the reasons for that, that they just don't have the same levels of funding as other products that can of course be uh, patented and controlled and, and and made more money from that that have bigger industries behind them that have more political weight behind them more political lobbying behind them more marketing dollars behind them you know we know that there is more money going into pharmaceuticals, you know, by far than there is for some of these alternative therapies. And so what I think it means is we just need to be careful about throwing the baby out with the bathwater. We need to be careful about saying that some of these traditional therapies, some of these natural therapies, you know, just automatically assuming that that absence of evidence is a suggestion that they don't work. And instead, what we do need to do, I think, is spend more time investigating these therapies that are potentially very effective, that are potentially very safe, that are often potentially very cheap and can get, as you can see in this case, quite remarkable outcomes. So it does make you wonder, you know, what other essential oils should we be studying? You know, what other impacts have we been told by our aromatherapists, like my beautiful friend, Kim Morrison, at you know, 28 Essential Oils, I'll give her a little plug because she's the best. And, you know, and all of those other essential, you know, there's lots of great companies out there. I know many of my listeners do use and, and even sell uh, essential oils from a huge variety of different companies. And so it makes us question and say, you know, what what else should we be studying in terms of these essential oils? You know, what else have these aromatherapists been telling us for years and decades that may also be true that if we did spend a bit more time, effort and energy studying, we might be able to prove with the research and, and get integrated into things like hospitals and surgeries and, and treatments for a, a large variety of different conditions. So what I think what it does show is that a lot more research is needed into natural therapies. And I think it shows that if we do invest time in researching natural therapies, there could potentially be huge rewards for doing that, both in terms of health, in terms of you know, reduced interventions, in terms of saved money, that the possibilities of that sort of research drastically improving our health outcomes and reducing our health costs I think are actually quite high. So, we do have lots of natural therapies with very little side effects and lots of potential benefits that I do think we should be both researching more but also being more open minded to trialing um, in our care. You know, what have we got to lose if we've got something that we know is really low risk that we've got great anecdotal evidence that it may really help, you know, even in the absence of research rather than just shutting it down and shouting it down because we're so obsessed with the absolute you know highest levels of evidence-based medicine. You know maybe we need to be a bit more open-minded and say, well, maybe this does work for these particular people, or maybe this does work in this particular case, or for this particular condition. Maybe we should just trial it and see what happens. You know to see whether it might actually be beneficial. Um, in which case, once again, you know with the absence of significant side effects and with potential positive benefits, yeah, you know, that might be a really worthwhile thing to keep doing. So. I do think we need to be much more open-minded about a lot of these natural therapies because they may just be a big part of the solution to the health crisis we're seeing where you know, health expenditures are just spiraling out of control. We're really not sure how we're going to fund health into the future and we really need to start coming up with some great cost-effective alternatives. You've been listening to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. To continue the conversation, find us on Facebook and Instagram at This Week in Wellness. If you like this episode, please leave the review on iTunes. And for more information about this and other projects from me, head to drbretthill.com.